should uh, say a word about Pastor Chang. He's had a course of study down in Claremont unless he's doing something else that I don't know about. And he uh, should be done now and about ready to come back home. As appointed to the pastor of this church, uh, effective today, kind of ironically, he's not here on the first Sunday he's uh, appointed to serve. And Pastor Chikua down in Marysville uh, today becomes pastor officially down in Marysville. So I want to keep him in prayer as he begins his new venture. And the congregations as well. Uh, all over the, the conference, pastors who are starting their new assignment begin this weekend. And so I want to keep all those churches, uh, they're wondering what they're getting. Uh, and uh, so does the pastor as uh, he or she arrives in their new parish. So we pray for the church uh, and this weekend as well as our country. I was uh, able uh, to, to visit the, the site of the convention in which the Declaration of Independence was actually written. And I uh, wondered about the, the people who attended that event. You know that so often uh, we hear about how risky it was for those who love this land to attend the Congress in which they're going to be declaring independence from England. And it's hard to, to imagine the tension and the excitement and the anxieties that accompanied that particular time uh, so many years ago. But there is an interesting, John, uh, uh, George Washington was the chairman of this particular convention as they're getting ready to, to declare independence. And I looked it up on the internet, and I didn't realize it was such a well-known uh, subject, but there was a chair on which George Washington sat, and on the chair is a, is a wood carving of a sun. Uh, it's either going up or going down. Uh, and that was the thing that caught Ben Franklin's attention, as here they're making a, an incredible decision about the future. And he looked at this chair on which Washington sat, uh, obviously, they were taking a break. And he wondered about the connection between that carved sunrise or sunset and what they were doing in their life uh, as a nation. Was this country that was being born uh, on, on its ascendancy going up as a sunrise or was the sun setting uh, on their effort to declare independence from Britain and King George. It's interesting to think about enslavement. The passion that must have controlled uh, these men as they made their decision to declare the independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, breaking free from the tyranny of taxation, particularly by King George. The, the kind of passion that drove them to making a decision, it must have been electric to be in that room. Uh, when we hear St. Paul talk about slavery, uh, he's not so much talking about the process of being enslaved as a, a slave is treated, but he's talking about what controls us, what is uh, that which is our driving passion, because what controls us uh, becomes that to which we are enslaved. So I was thinking about uh, the, the passion, the commitment, the drive uh, that drove these individuals to sign the Declaration of Independence. So when Paul talks about slavery, uh, he's talking about slavery to sin, and this continues the discussion from last week, so that we deal not so much with our sinfulness as grace. The problem is grace is the opposite of sin. 
And so Paul is talking about that which drives our passion. If sin is our passion, we are uh, drifting away from what God intends for our life. And so the, the question about grace had to do with, well, we believe that Jesus died for our sin. He forgave our sin. Why should we worry? Why not sin the more boldly because we are already forgiven? Now, this is probably not so much the attitude of our life today, but if you think about it, what is the passion? What is that to which we are enslaved today? Are they think what do you think about all day long? What does your checkbook tell you about your value system uh, or your visa card? What does it say about that to which you are enslaved or driven, your priorities, if you will? So Paul is talking to this early Christian community uh, in Rome, and he's encouraging them not to sin the more boldly because of grace itself and that we are a forgiven people. We're not forgiven to do our own thing and not we're free to do whatever we want, but not everything works for good. So the wages of sin, Paul is to say, leads to death. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ leads into a, a changed pattern of, of our habits, of our commitments, of our priorities. It leads to eternal life eventually. The wages of sin is death. The gift of sanctification is ultimately the gift of eternal life. You know, freedom... Uh, is a, kind of a strange concept. We think we're more free when we can do whatever we want. But there was an interesting study uh, done by a school board a number of years ago. Uh, as they watched the children going out for recess, they used to call it, going out for playtime, and they noticed that the kids would cling to the, the fence, which was on the property periphery. Uh, they had all this wonderful property beyond the fence as well, and they noticed that the kids would spend most of their time right up against the fence. So somebody in their wisdom said, well, since we own the property beyond the fence, let's just take it down and give them freedom uh, to play wherever they wanted to play. But they found an interesting thing occurred. When they took the fence down, what happened? The kids gravitated to the center of the playground. Uh, the fence was serving as a protection, a sense of safety uh, for them, but it really didn't give them greater freedom. Paul is, is using the same concept when he's talking about sin uh, and our priority to follow Jesus Christ as a rejection of the sin that controls our passion, our drives, especially our sexual drives and our, our physical passions. Don't be a slave to that. Rather, be a slave to Christ. So he's not talking about slavery per se. He's talking about that to which we are committed. I was thinking about our nation and some of the changes going on in the public life, and particularly prescription addiction. Uh, it seems like more and more we're having problems with it taking over our living uh, days. Uh, drug abuse of all kinds, but particularly Prescription abuse seems to be more and more that which uh, enslaves us almost. Or gang violence, or the kind of hostility that we even see in, in government. To whom are we most committed? Are we making a decision to live a more righteous life? Our, our sense of authority is challenging our sense 
of freedom. Are we, are we slaves more to self-indulgence, to that which we feel good about and enjoy, and the freedoms that we take for granted? Or are we choosing rather a different path to reject sin and the things that destroy the nation and to be a people of love and compassion? I uh, was preparing for the text for the sermon today, and I look at certain texts, and one person was talking about a friend of his who was a slave to fashion. I don't know if you know anybody who's a slave to fashion or not, but he said this particular woman friend of theirs uh, was a slave to the latest fashion, and, and sometimes uh, she looked just terrific, and then there are other moments that she looked absolutely ridiculous because she was a slave to the fashion of the time. I don't know if you know anybody like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to make comments about some people in this congregation. <laughs> but there are people who are slaves to fashion, maybe slaves to technology. Uh, you, uh, one of the, the things that I've noted is, is relatives, young relatives, particularly millennials are called, they can't avoid uh, talking or texting more accurately, and they're on the, the, the cell phone all the time. What, what enslaves you? The need to be in contact with somebody else. Self-indulgence, maybe? Different loyalties that we're developing as a nation? Is our loyalty to Christ being challenged? One of the emerging theologies uh, has, has a sense of Christ as companion on the journey, which is a wonderful uh, image. But also challenges us to think about who's in charge. Are we walking with Christ and conversing with him to get his approval of what we're already doing? There is a sense of theology in which accompanying Christ is very different than being in a relationship with God in control of our life. What is enslaving us? Do we repent of the wrong way we're going with our life? What happens when a nation no longer sees God as God, but they themselves become gods who seek approval of the way they're going? What's happening in our land right now? A radical commitment to love isn't an acceptance of all things, especially in our own life when we're looking for approval from the outside of how we live our life. Are we servants of the crucified? The sanctified life is one that chooses to follow Christ on the upward hill. Have you dealt with the word sanctification? Probably not as a word, but the sanctified life is choosing to commit yourself fully to Jesus Christ and to follow his path as he set before us. It's going up a hill, if you will, to perfection. It's choosing to go a certain way. We're, we're climbing this hill all of the time, trying to be more faithful to Christ, but we backslide, we slip, and we fall, and yet we pick ourselves up and keep going up the hill to the top of the hill, which is perfection, which we reach only after we die. But are we living the sanctified life? Are we as a people, a faithful in our relationship 
in following Jesus as disciple. The wages of sin, said St. Paul, is death. But the gift of eternal life comes through commitment to Jesus Christ. So as we worship and, and think about how Christ calls us to welcome people to worship, or as we have a welcoming spirit ourselves, are we those who follow the Master in the way we care, in the way we love, in the way we serve Him alone? Let's pray together. Loving God, as we receive the sacrament of Holy Communion today, help us to remember that you died of the greatest love you could have for humanity to forgive our sin. And yet we don't want to take sin less than very seriously, Lord. And we pray today as we receive the sacrament that we might also decide to change some of the things in our life that need changing and to follow you more completely. Help us to realize who is Lord. And Lord, help us to commit ourselves to worshiping you. Fill us with that grace and that assurance this morning, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.